Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Rump chat. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing you to the man who has single-handedly sold more rodeo tickets than any other contract personnel in the history of professional rodeo. Welcome to Rump Chat, Mr. John Payne, the one-armed bandit. Thank you, Pard. Nice having you all here in Shider, Oklahoma. It is. It's awesome. We are in Shider, Oklahoma. We are uh, responsibly social distancing. We are across tables here. Yep. So uh, we did take a uh, tour of the John Payne one-armed bandit ranch in a school bus. So we had plenty of room in between, you yep. know, being responsible during this time. And uh, But let me tell you what, folks. When you would think of what John Payne's ranch would be like, it's everything you imagined and more. It's awesome. It's the best. Um, kind of for you guys, uh, you know, because we got a lot of different people on here. We get not all rodeo people, but everybody knows John. But if there is somebody out there listening that doesn't know, John Payne is one of my heroes. And I mean that. And I'm not just saying that. Like, I've been a John Payne fan. I have seen, being in the rodeo business my whole life, I have seen thousands of acts in a lot of time, uh, an act will get boring. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, oh, I've seen this. But every time I hear bad to the bone and John's there, you know it's I've got to go watch the act. Um, and like you said, we, he took us on a ranch today. And the hospitality of, of John Payne and showing us all around and his ranch and his buffaloes and zebra. And uh, it's like Joe Exotic, but in Osage County, like with all the, the wild that- animals. So... <laughs> John Payne, I tell you what, <laughs> and, and less meth. Oh yeah, <laughs> than Joe Exotic. It's a beautiful place that you got in Shidler, Oklahoma. It's Great. awesome. So, John, I, I want you to tell everybody, like, uh, you know, Rump Chat's all about the real shit. And you were telling us earlier, and I, I want to know more about it. Um, you know, not just being the one armed bandit, but when this whole thing started, like, I want you to, to talk. Like where did the idea us, like, come from? Where, where did it come from? Like, I'm going to put some animals on the back of a truck and then on top of a trailer. Well, it came from mouthing off. I'm pretty good at mouthing off. <laughs> and uh, up to now, I've been real good about backing up what I mouth off about. Yeah. But as I get older, I'm going to have to try to start quit mouthing off so much. <laughs> Me <But> too. <laughs> back in the day, I uh, met Walter Allsball in 19... 19- 86 and i was at a rodeo in ponca city and uh we had sold him some rodeo bulls that i'd gathered in south florida or out of the swamps and that's where i first met walter he come out and and bought the bulls off of us and dad was smart enough to price them a little high and walter was tight enough to jew them down <laughs> and uh they agreed on $900, and Dad said, well, if that's all you're going to give, as soon as the check clears, you can come and get your bulls. Because Dad knew they was really hard to pin. You didn't pin without dogs. So Walter said, we've been pinning bulls all of our lives. We'll, we'll be all right. So they pinned one bull and had three ropes on him, and I don't know if the bull ever got up again after that. But the next morning, Dad called and said, what are you doing in the morning? Not hello or hi, John, good morning, or what are you going to be doing in the morning? And I said, well, the tone of your voice, I imagine I'll be pinning them damn swamp bulls. 
He said, that's exactly right. <clears throat> so that's when I first met Walter. And uh, I went to the rodeo to watch a bull's buck. He just took them right off our ranch and put them in a the rodeo. <laughs> and, uh, of course, I knew what was going to happen. And, and that's pretty well what happened. But, you know, you got to school these bulls somewhere. And the act was an old Civil War reenactment act. And Quail Dobbs was there that year and uh, had a little old dog run between his legs, you know, polishing his boots. Yeah. And uh, anyway, I, I told Walter he was walking by, and uh, I'd had about three cores lights, and I was sitting there with some, <laughs> standing there with some friends, mouthing off, 1986. <laughs> and I said, hey, Walter. He turned around and looked at me, and I said, that axe sucked. <laughs> So his eyebrow went up, and he spun around and walked over there. said, what'd you say? I said, damn, that act sucked. <laughs> he said, well, we'll just let you be the entertainment next year, thinking he'd shut me up. Yeah. Well, he didn't shut me up. I was 33 and long and green and mean, and <laughs> I could do anything I wanted to do. Yeah. And bulletproof. And... uh so I said, I'll, I'll be there. He says, well, I'm serious. And I said, I am too. So that was in 86 or 87. I was to put on the show. No, mom and dad never entertained rodeos. None of my brothers. Nobody that I even knew ever entertained rodeos. And the only act I ever saw was Dwayne Matson pulling some sheep. Oh, I saw, yeah, yeah, he had the eight sheep hitch. Yeah. And he would pull a pickup with those sheep. Exactly. I remember that. <laughs> no that's way. the only really? act. That's yeah. the only act I'd ever huh. seen in my life. Yeah, Dean Dwayne Madison from uh, Utah, Idaho, like uh-huh. it. And he had an Appaloosa stud horse. That's right. That they used in the movie El Dorado with John Wayne. I remember that. Yeah. Well, my God. So I couldn't copy off of nobody because I hadn't seen nobody. Right. And you didn't have any sheep to harness. Right. And I wasn't going. Uh, being a cowboy, I wasn't going to mess around with no sheep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I've heard too many sheep jokes growing up as a cowboy. Yeah. Especially when you wear your boots like I do. <laughs> yeah, Pant, for sure. Pant Lake tucked in. So that was in 86 or 87. I had a year to work on it. So about six months into that next year, my wife said, uh, you going to call Walter and tell him that you don't have time to be a act over in Ponca City Road? And I said, I guess I better call him because, hell, I don't have a clue what I'm going to do, and I have not worked on it. And I'm just busy in hell taking care of 5,000 head of cattle. So I finally thought, well, I might have to call Walter and tell him that, you know, hell, I ain't got time for this crap. So I called him, and he said, oh, yeah, superstar. Oh, man, I've been bragging you up. Everybody's just going to love you. And, uh. He just went on, went on, and finally says, oh, yeah, uh, how's that coming there, son? And I said, uh, it, it's coming real good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, the act. It's, <laughs> it's about to happen. Yeah. So the wife is listening in the kitchen there, and uh, he said, well, everybody's expecting you, and they know it's going to be great, and blah, 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 and <laughs> phone hung up. The wife said, did you tell him you wasn't going to come, that you hadn't done nothing? You only got six months left to do it? I said, no, I didn't. Well, what'd you tell him? I said, well, I told him everything was going great. <laughs> That's what I do. You know, just, you got to bullshit people sometimes until something works out. Well, 
I thought, well, I guess I better start on something. So I was real good with dogs and horses. And uh, I'd been catching wild cattle for a living for a few years and had some darn fine dogs. And uh, I'd turn dogs loose in the evening an hour before dark. And uh, prior to that, I'd turn out a bunch of cattle. And they'd run down the creek and hide. And my dogs would track and trail them, find them. And I'd get around behind them and drive them back to the house and pin them again. So I kept getting better and better, so I just opened up the gate to the house, and uh, they walked up the sidewalk and got up on the porch. Mm-hmm. Judy come running out there and took a broom and run them all off and said, them son of a bitches are shitting all over the porch. <laughs> and I said, well, hell, we'll clean that up, but ain't that something? She says, yeah, that's something. Now get them son of a bitches out of here. So I... Uh, I'd seen Dad had his old truck over. He had an old two-ton truck over the house, and it was jacked up so the water wouldn't soak in the bed. He had it at an angle so the water would hit it and run off like a roof. But there's an old flatbed two-ton truck with a flatbed, and he had it jacked up. I'm thinking, hell, I'd put them steers on top of that sucker. So I, I drag it over. It wouldn't start or run, no battery, no muffler. I drag it over, and we... Uh, took a front-end loader and raised the bed up, and I blocked it up. And uh, I started trying to get my steers on top of that thing. And, you know, they went 99 other places other than top of that truck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, finally I got where I could do it. So Did you put the truck in a pen, like, or where was the, when you first started trying to put cattle on top of that, is, and that's the truck that's here in Chidler, right? Right. It's sitting right there, uh, right there right, where I was born. To, right on Main Street. Right. So, yeah, John, John's got a, a lot, and he bought a lot. It was where the doctor's office was, where he was born. And it's got one of his <clears throat> original trailers. Uh, the original. The trailer. original trailer. The, yeah. And then uh, this truck that was that he's talking about. And anyway, and, and then it's got a big, uh, uh, what is it, a corner post? Or? Well, it's a rock corner post. Yeah, rock corner post, and that's where his ashes are going to be spread. And we're going to have a party when he uh, when he passes away many years from the now. The next time I die. The next time he <laughs> dies. Well, we'll get into that more later. But uh, anyways, he says the first some bitch to shed a tear is kicked out. Yeah. <laughs> and free beer. But. So so anyway, so go back. Sorry, I, we, that's what we do. We digress on this show. But uh, so that that flatbed truck. Right. That's your that's that's what you're going to go for. So you've got it over to the pu- to the house uh-huh. and you're starting to work on it. And I had no pens or corrals or arena to work in. Uh, I did everything right in the middle of the 80-acre pasture. And I parked it right in the middle, and I'd drive them steers to it, and I'd circle them until try to make them jump on, and they'd think they'd get supposed to get under it, and they thought they were supposed to get on it. And I said, no, no, on the bed. And uh, eventually it took several weeks, but I got them to do it. And uh, so since the truck wouldn't run, I thought, well, it's going to be hard to get that to Punk City to do the show. So I'm sitting there looking at my truck and trailer. I'm thinking, well, heck, I got it. I'll just put a ramp on my trailer. I'll haul them over there and uh, be able to haul them back in the sailor, and I'll just put them on top of the trailer. So me and my son, Lynn, went to uh, Web City to a shop of mine, and we, we put a ramp on the trailer. So I parked it out there, and I started trying that. 
And I remember my dad coming over in one of those brand new do- uh, brand new Ford diesel pickups, and just sitting there, you couldn't hear nothing over it, just rattling. And I could see his lips moving, and I couldn't tell what he's saying. And I was sweating. I was laying down against the fence, and my horse was sitting there breathing his last breath, and the dogs were all swimming in the creek because they was hot. And not a steer in sight. They'd all got away from him and run off. <laughs> and he pulled in there. I could see, here, see his mouth moving. I said, would you shut that son of a buck off so I can hear you? So he shut it off, and... He said, are you still trying to get them steers on top of that trailer? And I said, yes, I am. He said, you know, when you got electrocuted, the doctor told me that you would more than likely had received some brain damage. <laughs> <laughs> and the old truck started up and he left. <laughs> that encouragement made me go on. Hmm. So I tr- switched out dogs and caught another horse and tried to find my steers they had run several miles away and none of them in the same pasture so it took me a couple days just to get my steers back up but on and on and on and on finally i got where i could do it and uh that's the show i put on ponca city and clem mcspadden was the announcer and uh i told clem what i was going to do and on a big chief tablet that i stole off the kids (laughs) <laughs> I wrote down there what he was supposed to say. When I gotta, I gotta ask this question though. When you first went to Ponca City with your uh, homemade ramp on your trailer, and you told everybody, "Look, I'm fixing on putting some steers on the top of this trailer," did they go shut your damn mouth? Like, well, because like, I, I mean, it, it 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 seems so normal now because you know it's the one armed bandit. Yeah, but yeah. like at the time, it was people like John? What the hell's gone wrong? You know. Because that's a, that's a crazy thing to think about, you know. Well, the old pickup that I had, uh, if you, I, I remember a conversation earlier. I'd been in cattle business long enough. I, I was flat broke and owed $100,000, and I was living with my grandmother. I had no place to live, and I was broke and in heavily in debt. My brother Bob sold me a pickup for 800 or 850 and uh, it took me a couple years to pay for it. Damn. Hmm. And the first trader I had, I bought a shell of a pull-type trader, just a shell, and I completely put a new floor in it, new sides on it, and a new roof on it, and everything. And uh, I built my first trader myself. But, um, yeah, I went so to Punk City. How, how, what was Walt's face when you ran those stairs up on top of the trailer? And I guarantee it, knowing you like I know you, you tipped your hat and you looked right at a Walt's ball, didn't you? Yeah, and I'll never forget this either. Saturday night came a little rainstorm, and I seen a cloud way off west there. And I said, Walter, that cloud is going to be here right after the saddle bronc riding, and that's when I go out. He he says, you think so? And I said, no, I know so. It's going to be here, and it's going to be raining. And I said, I've got rock crusher building on my trailer, and it gets slick as heck. And I said, why don't you let me go in where Quell Dobbs goes in and let Quell Dobbs put his little dog between his legs while it's raining, you know, on his mm-hmm. shiniest boots. And I said, I'm, it's, I'm, I'm liable to have a hell of a wreck. He looked at the brochure and he said, well, it looks like the water on bandit goes in after the saddle bronc riding, so I guess that's where we better leave him. Hmm. And Ooh, I hate that. Mind you, 
I didn't get paid nothing. I did not say I was going to charge nothing. I just said I could, uh, I said I'll be here next year. And uh, when I leave the arena, ain't nobody going to say this act sucked. Yeah. And that, you know, I never got paid, never got thanked. I left, picked my stuff up and left. And, and, and yes, me and the horse falls off the top of the trailer oh. in a rainstorm. You, the first time? Uh, for, the first Saturday night performance, we fall off the top of the trailer. Goodness sakes. I'm 34 years old, and I see what's happening. I jump out of the saddle and jump down 10, 11 foot, hit the ground, not stumbling and falling. I hit the ground on my feet, step back, and the horse falls right where I was standing. He gets up. I get on him. We finish the show. All the time, my brother Bob hollering, No! Don't do that. <laughs> no. Shut up, Bob. And you know what? We got that on video. Really? Got Golly. the wreck on video. Now, when I go to Vegas and uh, to show the world my show, the only tape I've got is the one falling off top trailer. <laughs> oh, no. So here are the committees watching this tape, and then they go, <gasps> Good. Does that happen very often? I said, No, no, not really. <laughs> not really. They says, well, how many times has it happened? I said, oh, hell, just two or three times. And, uh, well, how many performances have you done? I said, performances or rodeos? They says, how many rodeos have you done? I said, well, let me think here. Uh, two. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of take us through that story. Uh, you did Ponca City. You got a specialty act. Then how did that transform, like, how did, t I want to know kind of the progression. And I think, because I don't even really know much about it, but like, so you did that act of Ponca, and then what, what happened after that that kept building and building, like? Well, I went home, started taking care of them 5,000 head of cattle again. And uh, I'm thinking, by God, I showed them some of bucks, and I, I, I just put a, a, a line across it and went on ranching. Phone rang one day. I answered, and they said, is this that one-armed bandit guy? I said, yes, it is. They said, we got a show down here in southern Oklahoma we'd like for you to come down to. And I says, yeah, well, uh, I can do it. And they said, what do you charge? And I said, well, I ain't never charged anybody nothing yet, but I, I think I better have to start charging something because, hell, I'm broke. Yeah. And, uh. Well, we're three performances, and uh, we need to know a price. I said, I'm thinking, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm thinking, my smoke's coming out of both ears. I'm thinking, gosh, dang, i got to give him a price now. I'm thinking, if I could just make $100 a day, I'd be happy. You know, I could be rich. But I didn't think they'd pay that much, so I just, right before I spread out 300 I said, 250 <laughs> And they said, we can't afford that. I said, no, no, wait a minute. Uh, that was 250 for all three performances. She says, yeah, that's what I thought you was talking about. Oh. And I said, hey, honey, uh, you guys are broke. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just quit having a rodeo. Yeah, yeah. Bye. <laughs> Bye. And I slammed that phone down, and I was out in the tack room. I slammed that phone down, and I said, you know what? The next guy that calls me is 300 a performance. Mm -hmm. I said, I ain't working for broke people. I've worked for broke people all my life. I'm broke. And I said, 300 performance. So Clem McSpadden called me and said, John, what are you going to do with that act? And I said, 
Now, Clem, me and you's had this discussion before. It's not an act. It's a head dog demonstration. Okay, what are you going to do with your head dog demonstration? <laughs> this is Clem McFadden. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I said, hell, I don't know. He said, you need to take it to Las Vegas and sell it. And I said, well, who would want to buy it out in Las Vegas? I didn't know nothing. Yeah. He said, well, there's committees come out there, and they, they try to hire these acts. I said, hire an act or buy an act? He said, well, hire. Hire your act. So we sold everything we had. We had a log house and got ejected out of that because I built it on a man's place. Whoops. <laughs> yeah, I built it on a man's place, and it wasn't in my name. And when oh. I got done, he sold the place out from under me. Oh, Oops. So we got ejected. I lost. I left a hundred thousand dollars layout there. Oh my Ouch. God! So I was living with my grandmother and flat broke and still owed a hundred thousand on different things. And uh, so I, I sell the washer, the dryer, the ice box, the mailbox, the, the satellite. I sell everything out of that house, and I make a down payment on that 1986 uh, Ford truck, and we drive it to Las Vegas, and we set up in the announcers. A meeting hadley barrett comes over and says uh are you an announcer i said no sir but i can be <laughs> he says well you're in an announcer's meeting i said oh he says what do you do i said well i i got a head dog demonstration he said head dog demonstration he said is this an act i said no it's not an act <laughs> I said, a, anyway, he says, well, you need to go down to the specialty act. That's what you are, a specialty act. I said, oh, okay. So that's my first time I met Hadley Barrett. Right. <laughs> so I sat up down there with my little old fuzzy tape with a horse falling off trader and, and uh, book, book, ended up booking uh, 90 performances the first Holy year. Holy crap. Wow. But Walter Osball gave me 70. No joke. <laughs> he, he offered you me. You got the last laugh, didn't you? He offered me two hundred dollars a performance, and I said, "Hey, Walter, I'm three hundred. He said, "I'll give you two fifty, and I'll give you seventy performances." And I said, three hundred dollars plus hay." Hay, I said, "Yeah, hay." So anyway, uh, that hay deal got me in a lot of trouble. <laughs> them, them dead gum stock contractors, they. <laughs> They really think more of their damn hay than they do their wife and kids. <laughs> you know? I, know? I grew up with stock contractors. Yeah. I to totally get it. Walter knew when I found him I'd come out and feed hay, and he'd sit on the haystack. You going to give them steers two bales of hay today, are you? I said, well, these are bales. They don't weigh 30 pounds. Hell yes, I am. Well, I hope they eat it all. I hope they don't waste none of it. I said, well, that's well, yeah, they're going to eat it all. So it was such a hassle to get hay off of him that I said, Walter, I'm just going to buy my own hay from now on. And it made him so happy, and it was so much easier to work for. <laughs> True story. What wow. Ab what about, uh, and we'll have to post a picture of the uh, 86 pickup. Yes. Because that thing is awesome. That's uh, being here at the ranch, you've still got all your original equipment. It's like the Flying U Ranch. Like, Cotton Rosters never got rid of any equipment. Like, mm -hmm. But um, when you first bought that pickup, everybody knows the John Payne look. Like, it's the, the horns on the top, the stacks. Like, it's a classy, cool rig. Um, did, 
the first year when you went to the finals, did you have your truck duded up with all that, or was it at the time, or to, like, because everybody knows when you see stacks, you know it's the bandit. That's right. So did you do that right off the bat, or did that like kind of over time, you know, transform? I had to do that right off the bat because my steers kept jumping on the cab of my truck. <laughs> Is that why you put the That's horns on? That's why there? the horns went on the cab of the truck. Keep I did not know on. that. Yes. I didn't know that either. <laughs> now, so that wasn't necessarily picture. for show. That was for the... Keep them steers from jumping off of on top of it. <laughs> yeah, great. I've got pictures of steers up on top of my truck. No joke. Gosh and, dang. And uh, when I went to Las Vegas and did the show for the national finals, I trained Wrangler bullfighting bulls to jump on the cab of my Dodge truck. Wasn't that one of Sutton's fighting bulls? Right. That you, yeah. That you put on top there? I put one on one year, and I put one on the next year. Uh, one of them got killed. Uh, one of them got killed, and uh, anyway, he died, so I had to try another one. But uh, Pac-Man was a mean son of a gun, and uh, I had to bring somebody with me just to drive him out of the arena. He he would kill you. Yeah. They called they called him Pac-Man because he'd eat you up. And uh, he's the only son of a gun that I could get to go out there and jump on the cab of a Dodge truck in a minute and 30 seconds. And I got a minute and 30 seconds. And uh, there's a picture here in this cafe about that. But uh, back to Clem, he helped me out a lot. He's a good old Oki, and he helped me out a lot. And uh, if it wasn't for a lot of help, hell, I would have fizzled in so, the beginning. But after that first year when, like, you worked all those for a while, you're like, holy crap, this is like, I can do this and make some dough. Right. And then I you was, probably I, did 180 performances the next year. Well, I I used to do a lot of shows. When when the son and daughter was going strong and I was going strong, we'd do 100 rodeos a year. Yeah. Yeah. You and then Lynn and Amanda, uh-huh. of course, and and we've uh, I've got to work with all three of you, obviously, and and uh, that's where the and company comes from. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, one arm band and company. It's not him and his animals; it's him and his family. So. Right. We've had <clears throat> five rigs on the road before, and uh, we've had three of them broke down at the same time before. <laughs> and uh, didn't one of your rigs just burn down last summer? Well, it wasn't last summer; it was two or three summers ago on Donner Pass. Rig burnt plum to the ground. And uh, me and old Banks driving along, and I think I, I'm looking over and thinking, hmm, I smell a forest fire. <laughs> and uh, so I rolled my window down. I said, well, I can't smell that. Bank rolls his window down. He says, well, I don't see no fire. So we, I see a little flutter at the dash, and I look at the dash, and there's flames coming out of the vent hole where the air conditioner usually blows cool air and <laughs> fire. <laughs> oh, shit. And I think, oh, shit. So I pulled over and opened that hood, and it was it was a blaze. I, I had $800 in a sock. You know, the best place to hide your your uh, money is in an old dirty pair of underwear. I got a lot of those around. Well, <laughs> Not a lot of money in it, but a lot of dirty pair of underwear. Well, see, I don't use underwear, so I don't have any of them. But the next best place is a sock, an old dirty stinking sock. If you want to hide your money, throw it in the floorboard and put it in an old sock because nobody's going to touch that thing. Yeah. Well, that's where my money was. Uh, I had 800 cash in there. I, if the truck burnt down so fast, I couldn't even grab that. Mm. Really? What about, like, your trailer? Like, uh, what would you have in the trailer? I had two buffalo in the front and three horses in the back. And uh, this thing was blazing. But the wind was blowing out of the west 30 miles an hour, and the cattle, I mean, the horses and buffalo was to the west of the truck. 
So it was keeping most of the heat off of it, and uh, we tried diligently to drag that truck out of the way, and it was stuck in park and wouldn't drag. And um, truck burnt down, hooked up to the trailer. Wow. Uh, not hooked up, but, but right against yeah, it. Yeah, I saw on your Facebook. Uh, yeah. I, but the trailer was fine, but, yeah, the truck was just gone. People come by and said, you got to turn these animals out. They're going to die. And I said, well... Uh, I'd rather the animals die as somebody hit a buffalo doing 80 yeah. out here on this interstate. And um, so they got mad at me, and, and uh, I said, by God, this is my rig, and we'll do it my way. And I was yeah, you very convincing. To, you don't want to dump no buffalo out on the interstate. Not a 2,000-pound dark-looking buffalo at night. You know, you're going to kill people. Uh, I didn't. That was the lesser of the two evils. Sure. You didn't want, yeah, obviously you didn't want anything to happen to the animals, well, those, but those animals you're exactly like, right. It could have been a family, you know, coming down that highway at 80 and against a one-ton bu- uh, bu- bull uh, buffalo. Oh, Guess who few, wins, you know? I've had a few wrecks, a few breakdowns. You know, you're just, it's just part of the business. Yeah, yeah, when you travel that much and... But like, uh, I just everybody loves your rigs, and they are—they're iconic. In oh rodeo. man, the 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 one, the rig that I remember first, I think, was the one you had the red skull in the middle of, the, and then you probably had that on multiple rigs. But that's when I remember you first coming, uh, Sydney, Iowa, mm-hmm. years ago. Uh, you've been back since, but years ago when you first came, and you had and and you just—I mean, you heard bad at the bone crank up. People that JB Mooney didn't make Bad the Bone famous. No. You know, that's what they play when he rides bullshit. This man was every, <laughs> made that song famous. I think, I think everybody that rodeos or has been to a rodeo or just, every time you hear a couple songs, when you hear Money for Nothing yeah. or you hear Bad to the Bone, like it's automatic now, you one know, or bad at times. You know why I play Money for Nothing at the end of my show, don't you? Uh uh-uh. uh. Letting everybody know and the committees and stock contractors know. They just wasted a bunch of money for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So I want to uh, – let's take a little Gold Buckle beer break here, and uh, we're going to come back with more. We want to get the story of how the one-arm bandit started to have one arm. Right. So we'll be back here in a minute. All right. Thank you. There it is. Another John Payne song. like a storm brewing announce yourself announce your own script <laughs> the one-armed bandit is on the scene no i know what it is go if you're gonna enter the realm of the buffalo nope isn't that the part that's part of it but that's not the beginning that's of not it. the buffalo that's outlaw coming out and in indian uh, hostile oh. indian territory and then binks around around i liked when bink was in the show Oh, he, he was an integral part. Did a good yeah. job. So uh, let's, uh, to, to you know, we kind of started at the beginning, but we didn't start at the beginning. No. Uh, take us back, obviously, how, what happened with the, the, the story on how you got that, uh, how you became the one-arm <laughs> The one-arm the thing? One, the one-arm thing. Went, went from the two-arm bandit to the one-arm bandit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just do the math. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, I used to be a two-arm band and got an arm cut off. So what does that leave? One. That's right. Hell, 
All the kids can get that right. <laughs> yeah. So what oh. happened there? Okay, about uh, 10 miles back west here, there's a little little settlement called Washunga, named after Chief Washunga, a Kaw Indian. And uh, I was always kind of ornery, and uh, Dad knew that if you had an ornery horse, ride the hell out of it and pull a wet saddle blanket off of it, and he would settle down and make a good horse. So he did the same tactic on his boys. He kept us busy. And since I was more ornerier than the other four, he kept me real busy. So we was renting a place off of Johnny Shots, and uh, the lake moved in and had to tear all these houses down and barns and everything was to leave. So Dad bought this house and sent me down there to tear it down. He knew I was good at tearing stuff up, and he wouldn't have <laughs> no too. problem. I'm with you. So I go down there, and the rumor is I was stealing wire and got electrocuted. It went all over pro rodeo. And uh, when somebody wants to bring you down to their level, they say, you know how he lost his arm, don't you? Mm-hmm. They said, no, how? He was stealing copper wire. So it wasn't bit off by a lion? No. Okay. <laughs> and uh, the alligator in Florida? Yeah. No, I didn't. No. Use, I did not used to wrestle alligators. Right. <laughs> and it's uh, amazing oh, hell. shit comes Some out. Some of the stories. Huh. Gosh. It's just, but in anything like, in, especially in rodeo, people always like to find, you know, something to. Grip well, it's I lonely tell, at the top. I tell everybody, you know, if I knew I was going to have so much have fun having one arm, I would have cut it off a long time ago. <laughs> so, so, so when it happened, how did it? Yeah, happen? how did it happen? So you're tearing down the house. Tore down the house. I was there six days. So if I was stealing copper wire, I was a real slow thief. <laughs> <laughs> and it was my dad's copper wire because I've got to check where he wrote a $100 check for the house. Well, you can still steal from your dad. I do all the time. Yeah. yeah. Just kidding, Dad. Love you, Dad. So uh, anyway, uh, uh, there was a uh, – we had the house down, and there the north wall, we left it there because the electrical lines was hooked into it. Of course, there was no electric on anywhere around the house except the pole. Well, I didn't. I wasn't no electrician. I was a, I was a dumbass cowboy on a pole. What year? How old were you when? I was uh, twenty years old. Oh, really? Mm. Perfect specimen of a young man, and <laughs> I climbed that pole without any hooks or anything. I just shimmied up it like a coon would. You got to be in good shape to do that. Yeah. The pole was thirty foot tall. I shimmied up it, and I went to unwrap that old thick copper wire, and I unwrapped it, but I couldn't pull it through the eye of the insulator. So I hollered over at Gary Hughes. He's about 50, 60 yards or so from the pole in a tree and wiring the wire off the house. I said, hey, Gary, bring me them pliers because I can't climb back down and climb back up that pole because, you know, I just couldn't do it. Yeah. So he was kind of slow, and I look up there, and I see some pegs up there I can put my feet in to get some of the weight off my arms. Arms. <laughs> Plural, as in two. One of the few times I can say that. <laughs> Sounds pretty good. <laughs> You're reminiscing right now? <laughs> I used to have a right-hand punch that would knock my opponent out in one punch. 
and it is it, it hit him right on the nose. <laughs> and after I got my arm cut off, I had a lot more patience. Yeah. No, yeah. not ready to kick so much ass with one. Yeah, arm. I'm thinking, well, they can work that out on their own. I'll just walk off over here. But I did learn how to fight with my feet, jump and kick. Well, right. And uh, got pretty good at that. But when the so when you grab the so you had the pliers, so you toss up the pliers to, or you put your feet on the pegs. What pliers? What are you guys talking about? The wait, what? I'm Joe Biden. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I know what you're talking about Brandon. now. Uh, Come on, anyway, creepy Joe. Uh, yeah, he 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 didn't bring pliers over there, so I seen those pegs up there, and. Uh, I had to grab a hold of those wires that went to the high line wire to pull myself up to those pegs. The ground wire was the bottom one. It was fine. Now I've had been in contact with four wires, no, no heat, none of them. But let me tell you something, honey. That fifth wire was hot, 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 hot. 7,200 volts run through it. No I'm shit. perfectly grounded to the pole because it's got a ground wire on it and i reach to touch that wire the electricity meets me Ooh. i see a big blow a big arc of electricity just as i'm grabbing the wire and it savagely attacks my body through my fingers it instantly blows my guts right out my side and you were 30 foot in the air right instantly my guts just get blew right out the side oh damn and I'm dangling Jeez. alongside the pole with a death grip on that wire. And I'm dangling alongside the pole. The ground wire, it's got 7,200 volts in it, eating away the flesh of my left thigh. In 10 seconds, it burns it plumb to the bone. In 10 seconds, it burns through the ligaments and crystallizes the bones where they break and flip backwards. I fall 30 foot to my death. Wow. Burns holes in top of my straw hat. My clothes are on fire, and I am dead. Gary Hughes, knowing CPR because his mother worked in a hospital down in Texas, and he was an orderly and had to have the training, started administering CPR. First, he had to put the fire out. Hell, I'm on fire. Huh. So he puts the fire out and uh, starts giving me mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. And I'm, I'm hot. I'm hot. You know, I'm on, on fire. And as I come to, uh, I feel droplets of tears and slobber falling from his face and mouth onto my burnt face. And if a guy was peeing on me, I would, I would love it because I'm that hot. And uh, I, I come to, and he's beating on me, beating the hell out of me. And I said, what the hell are you doing? So immediately he picks me up and, and carries me to the pickup and, and takes me two miles to a brand new pickup sitting there along railroad tracks. They're also taking railroad tracks out. And he says, whoever owns this pickup, come and get this man and take him to the hospital. I cannot go any farther. And uh, he goes home and takes a shower. And when he takes his clothes off, uh, he checks his pockets, and in his shirt pocket, he thinks, I didn't know I had any chapstick in there. Oh, no. And he reaches in there and, and brings this finger of mine that broke off and fell in his pocket. Oh. Holy Damn. shit. I didn't know that until 
uh, 40 years later. He mm. come to this right here where we're sitting and told me stories about what had happened. That's why I know what happened while I was dead. And uh, Do you recall much of, I mean, from the time you hit the ground, like, to the time you got to the hospital, you know what I'm saying? Like, you mean like while I was dead? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I don't, I don't mean like why you're dead. Oh, okay. But, but how much do you remember? Like uh, every damn bit of it is no, burnt in me. No joke. God. A burnt. I, you didn't lose. I mean, you, because a lot of times that traumatic thing happens and people black out. No, no, no. A lot of people black out because they don't want to remember, especially if they're drunk, they black out. Right. And, uh, but no. I've been knocked out five times and killed once, and there was no difference. Mm. I was gone. Total darkness. And uh, Highway Patrol stopped us for speeding, and I'm sitting there shaking and in shock, holding my guts in. And uh, uh, a guy named Steve says, hold your hand right here, and, and I, I, I feel this stuff. I don't know what it is. It's warm and juicy. And uh, he finally said, your guts are falling out. Hold them in. I'm driving. He's wow. really hauling butt. And uh, Highway Patrol stops us for speeding. And this guy leans back and says, look at, look at him. And he says, God dang, what happened to him? He says, he's been electrocuted. And this Highway Patrol says, follow me. And we, he, all the lights turn uh, red in Ponca City. And they take me to the hospital. And by then... I can start seeing. I was, I couldn't focus my eyes. I had so much electricity in me, I was just shaking. Right. And if I'd open my eyes, I could see 50 of everything. So now I'm starting to look at uh, my fingers flip backwards and my leg bone in my left leg showing. And I'm thinking, damn, if I'm dreaming, I hope the hell I wake up. And, uh, <clears throat> damn. I'll never forget, and she's been here several times eating dinner, uh, steaks on Saturday night here. Uh, the young lady that was running the, the uh, in, working in the emergency room in Ponca City, she's trotting alongside my gurney, and they're rushing me to the emergency room, and she says, Mr. Payne, what are you allergic to? And I'd, I'd already accepted death. I said, there's no way I can pull through this. I mean, I'm, I've got about two hours to live, and it's going to be all over because I cannot sustain this much damage and continue to live. It just ain't going to happen. Right. So I'd accept the death. Hmm. And I thought I had two hours to live, and uh, I said, well, she says, what, what, what are you allergic to, Mr. Payne? And I said, Electricity kind of makes me break out a bit. <laughs> <laughs> you still had a sense of humor at that point. You damn right. Did you have because like a you've peace? accepted death, so you were you're peaceful. Like I well, was at peace. That's how it is. Wow. I was going to have a good time till uh, my eyes shut and I died. And she's been here several times, and I have her tell a story every time she's here. And I've told this to many people, and they think, "Oh, sh you're sh shucks and us a little you bit." Can you can say no, shit. You can say shit. We'd appreciate if you would. <laughs> yeah. So I've got pictures of her with me in here in the restaurant telling the story. But um, my life has been exciting and, and adventurous enough. I don't have to add to it. No, yeah. no, for sure. And that's, that's like, I, you're, it's so intriguing for me. And, and I've known you since I was two years old. You yeah, know? I have, I have old men coming to rodeos and they say, 
Hell, I remember you back when I was a kid. <laughs> and, they're, and they're five years younger than you. <laughs> so when you first come out uh, and, and found out you were going to live, how long did it take for to get out yeah. of the hospital? Like, was it a, What was the recovery process like? I uh, tried to talk Brother Harvey into uh, helping me pull the plug and stuff. Mm. And... Um, I would pull the oxygen off, and I'd pull the needles out of my arm, and I would pull stuff out of me trying to go ahead and die because, hell, I couldn't live. I was in too bad shape. And um, I finally, finally a guy from town here come and saw me, and he had one arm, Jim Jakes. And um, he had a wife and kids and rancher and did good. And I thought, hmm. Maybe I can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he gave me a lot of inspiration. And uh, when I decided I was going to live, there was nothing could kill me then. Right. And uh, I got my skin grafts. They took all the hide off my right leg and put on my left leg and on my uh, side and, and on my arm. And as uh, soon as the skin grafts took, I called mom and said, hey, come and get me. She said, Really? I thought you were gonna be there another three weeks. I said, "No, I'm, 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 I'm ready to go." She lived hundred miles away and didn't come that often. Sure. But I had an aunt Joanne that did come every day, yeah. and she didn't have any boys, so I was her boy, and uh, we 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 was real close from then on. But uh, I came home and hell, within ten days, I'm in a fight down on the creek. <laughs> Yeah, I have my old Dodge Charger. I can't walk. I mean, I just hop along. Uh, all the leg muscles burn out of the left leg, and I'm all in wraps and bandages and bleeding. And uh guy tips my hat off my head, and I kick him right in the crotch, hit him right in the nose, and the fight's on. And uh, 10 days after I get out of the hospital, I weigh 135 pounds. Did you win? Well, I, he gave. <laughs> He gave. I put my thumb in his, his eye socket, and he said, I give. I said, <laughs> after several other words. Yeah. <laughs> but, I've actually been a part wow. of that before. Like, yeah, you put put your finger in an eye. Man, well, that's a, uh, you put your thumb in the eye socket, and the eye pops out, they're going to give. But, you know, that's that's pretty inspirational, though. I mean, really. Yeah, because you were, I'm guessing you were right-handed. I was. Before. I sure was. And obviously, I couldn't it's do, gone now. I couldn't do nothing. Hell, you wiping. had to learn to wipe your ass, write a, write a check, I mean, everything. Try wiping your butt with the other hand. I'm not going to do no. that. <laughs> you don't need toilet paper after a while. <laughs> <laughs> you need to take a bath. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's insane, and, and that's for as long as I've known you. You know, like I said, I've been around almost 15 years now, and I've never heard, the, I mean, how it happened. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always just... What the announcers say, electricity, you know, yeah. 7,000 volts went through his, you know, came well, out his arm or whatever, you know, the script says. Story is, I was stealing copper wire. And uh, have I ever stole copper wire? Well, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that time you did were. <laughs> did I steal copper wire before that? Hell yes. It was a dollar a pound. That bought a lot of beer. <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> and these was abandoned farmhouses in the lake zone, and it was just going to be buried. So, hell, I took it. And did I steal any copper wire after I got electrocuted? I'm going to say no. 
no. bone? <laughs> you uh, damn, hell yeah. You damn right I had a $30,000 hospital pay to pay for. <laughs> oh, oh. oh, But, you God. know, moving on from there, and then you got back to ranching, and, and from the stories I've heard that, and everybody around here that knows you, you can, you can catch some wild cattle with one arm. Oh, I used to advertise, if you can turn them loose, I can catch them. And that, to me, is pretty damn... Pretty good challenge. So, And you've been down to Florida and, and rounded up the swamp buggers, and you've been to South Dakota and rounded up uh, those mares... Mustangs. That, those Mustangs we wouldn't looked at. You don't use dogs on horses, though. Them no. Horses are bad news. Buffaloes are bad news. And you have blackmouth cur dogs. Blackmouth curs. I've you, had them for 35 years. If it wasn't for the black mouth cur dog, you would not be interviewing me right now. Really? They're the ones that put steers on the, the old cab of the truck back on the ranch. And they're the what put me in the rodeo. And if you look around, I'll have about 20 or 30 of them down there. Huh. So when you go catch cattle now, like how, much, how many dogs do you take with you? I haven't went and caught cattle in quite a while. Yeah. It's tough work. And, uh, I really just don't have time well, for you it. Got you got the, a lot of stuff going on. You got on. the rodeos. You got the grandkids, uh, Patrick and Liza Jane and everybody. They're helping out with the act now. And when you catch them, it don't take very long. Yeah. Them old ranchers try to jewel you down. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what they do when I do that? What? See, when I go, when I used to go catch wild cattle, I would park my trailer out there and tie the door open and move the truck away from it. And I'd go gather the cattle bring them to my trader, make them circle until they jumped in, and get off and shut the door. Well, here come a rancher. Well, hell, that didn't take 30 minutes. And you want $200 for them two steers? What about 100 <laughs> So I just popped the latch on it. <laughs> Go to open that door. And uh, he says, what are you doing? I said, well, hell, I'm turning them some bitches loose and going home. <laughs> no, 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 don't do that, don't do that. And I said, "Well, the price is two hundred. I'll be glad. I'll gladly pay it. Here you go, sir. Thank you." <laughs> so that's awesome. So yeah. So uh, the animals that that we've seen John use and uh, entertain crowds for years. You started out with steers, Coriani steers, Coriani steers, and then uh, how did the buffalo come along? Well, no, I, I, I think mean, was it buffalo next? Like, take us through the progression. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take us through. Okay, yeah. Coriani steers. And uh, then I had an old horse, a guy traded me two longhorn steers for, so I put them in the show. And then I got introduced to the Watusi that had real big bases. So I crossed them with the longhorn, got long, big-based animals. And then I uh, found animals with white down their sides, so all my steers will have white down their sides now. Uh, the uh, buffalo came, my daughter was up in uh, Rapid City, South Dakota, and Jim Sutton was having a buffalo sale. I've seen pictures of that at Rapid City. Yeah, jumping out, jumping, jumping off out the load chute. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I'd bought uh, Mustangs off of Jim Sutton and put them in the show. And I bought those uh, Wrangler bullfighting bulls off of Jim Sutton. And he says, what are you going to do with these old bulls, John? And I says, well, uh, I think I'll just jump the son of the bucks on top of my trailer. He just laughed and walked away. They had seven performances there. So the next performance, the bullfight was going on. I said, yeah, I like that one, and I like that one. He says, John, to move these bulls at the ranch, we have to put a, a gate on the front-end loader and go down the alley with them to move them. He said, they will kill you. And I said, yeah, what's, 
What's the big deal about that? I've been killed before. <laughs> so he says, John, there's no way in hell you can do that. And I said, Jim, all you got to do is worry about how you're going to spend the money. You don't have to worry about John Payne. That's awesome. That's gangster. <laughs> that is. So That's awesome. He said, well, to end the season. <laughs> I'm going to write that down. <laughs> he says, at the end of the season, I'll sell you these bulls for $3,000, $1,000 apiece. And so they was delivered to Hadley Barrett's ranch. And here, here they come, and I meet, meet them there. And Hadley walks up there and, and steps up on the trailer and looks in at this bull. And his horn comes through the hole of the trailer. And he, first he gets snot blue all over him, and then the horn just comes missing him, just barely missing him. He steps back, and he says, well, these things are mean. <laughs> I said, yeah, they sure are. And he says, well, what are you going to do with them? I said, I'm going to put them on top of my trader. He said, like hell you are. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Randy, Randy Corley was there, too, and uh, one of them got loose, and we chased them all over hell. But anyway, uh, I put him on top of trader first down in San Antonio. Mike was there and Quail Dobb was there and and uh they 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 haven't hell getting my bulls to me because they would kill you. There was three of them. They they damn sure kill you. And uh when they come out in the arena, you know how they, everybody wants to stand out in the arena by the shoots? Uh uh-uh. uh. No. No. They was on the bucking shoot. Everybody was out of the arena when I brought my bulls to town. And so then I put him in at Rap City, and, and uh, a few years later, Sutton says, uh, tells my daughter she's putting the Mustangs on top of trailer up in Rapid City, and he says, tell your old man we've got a buffalo sale. Uh, he ought to buy some of these buffalo and, and uh, put them on top of trailer. She says, I'll tell him. So she calls me, and I say, you tell that son of a buck. <laughs> I'll buy five of the biggest, <laughs> meanest son of a bucks he's got up there. And uh, so he calls me himself and says, hey, John, I was just shitting your little daughter there. I, there's no way in hell you'll be able to train these buffaloes. They're just mean, tough, son of a guns, and there's just no way in hell to do it. They've, they've never been handled, touched. Uh, they, they've been pinned once, and here they are. And I said, Jim, you ain't got to worry about nothing except how the hell you're going to spend the money. <laughs> He said, I'll, Love it. I'll see. He said, all right, I'll sell them to you. Hell, I think he's wanting me to get killed by now. <laughs> <laughs> so Mandy brought him home, and she said, you know what? It was only about 750 miles up there, but on the way back is 1,000. I said, why so far? She says, because that trader went back and forth, back and forth, all the way home, and some of the guns fighting in that trader, and they had both, both sides of that trader bulged out. <laughs> and when she got home and unloaded them, I had to take a tractor with a big bell of hay and, and run into that trader and, and uh, knock him sides back in. <laughs> and I walked out there to look at them, and their tails went up and their heads went down. I'd never been around a buffalo in my life, and they charged me. And I'm thinking they're bluffing. Uh-uh. <laughs> I've never. Been, so they got? Did they get you down? Or did I you run, get out of the way? I run for my life, and I was wearing rubber boots, and I was running, and I throwed my hat down. That slowed them down a little bit, and then they come on, and I started losing my my both rubber boots, and that slowed them down just enough for me to get under the fence, and I hit the ground and started rolling on the fence, and one of them just helped me roll. He rolled me quite a ways on farther. No, they was not bluffing. Did you think, man, this is a dumb idea? <laughs> like, 
Thought, you might have met your match. Okay. Damn it. Me and my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Mouthing off again. Gosh dang it. Uh, the first time we tried to work them, we brought them in and uh, tried to bring them in. And I had nine of them at the time. I'd bought some off of 101 Ranch uh, descendants. Uh, it was, it was a 101 Ranch yeah. Buffalo, but it, 100 years later. Anyway, I had nine of them, and I brought them out of the pasture, and they went three different directions. And it took us six days to get them all back in and fix all the fence. <laughs> Lynn said, Dad, I don't think we need any buffalo in our show. And I said, well, we've bought the damn things. Let's see how far we can take them. And uh, them son of a guns, ooh, they was brutal. Uh, the meanest critter in the... North America, the buffalo, yeah. and they are, there didn't get to be 60 million because they're a bunch of damn sissies. Them son of a bucks. They'll Ken. get you down to kill you. Oh, they'll not just get you out of the way like a bull or something, you. you know, or hook you and then go on something. I mean, they, you're down, you're dead. They'll knock you down and paw you to death. And Jim Sutton told me that. And he says, when you get killed, uh, don't say I didn't tell you something. I, said, I probably won't be saying nothing if I'm dead. <laughs> Jim Sutton, what a what a legend! I mean, with the bullfights, and then I didn't know that he got the buffalo into the one arm back because the buffalo, I think, is what really sets you to another level. Because when they come in and, and you play, and when you enter the realm of the buffalo, and you and and I, it, it still it gives me chills because they come they, and they roll and they well and and that crowd, like if it's Denver. And then lights are out, and them spots are there, and then they hit, you know, because they can't see him come from the back. And here's these two big buffalo, and the crowd, the whoa, and the kids are screaming. And then they, them spotlights, and John says he gets get them spots on them because they'll roll in that light. Yeah, the spot, put the spot on the ground. Yeah, put the spot on the ground, then bulls, uh, them, or them buffaloes will roll. And so it's still, to this day, is, is just awesome to me because just the re reaction, I know it's coming, obviously, and the reaction from the crowd is never never gets old. Never it gets doesn't. old. It and, and especially, like, when you're playing that song with the, the Buffalo song, mm -hmm. that was the part I was like, that's when I liked when they brought the truck in was when they had the, that last song. Um, and then... Can you play that again so I can announce it? When they were like, when you'd have the announcer talk about the American buffalo roaming, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, you know what? If you want to enter the realm of the buffalo, you better be bad to the bone. Remember? Boom, and boom. Hear that truck? I'm and getting chills I right know. now. And the lights? Always had lights on your rear. Uh -huh. And they come in, and, and then whoever was driving the rig, you said redline this All son of a bitch. Ass. Oh. To the back of the arena. And then oh. I'm telling you right there, I'm getting. Let's go out the ranch. Let's do it. Come on, can we go do the act real quick? <laughs> oh, that's fun. It's a lot of fun. I mean, you know, I think the last uh, time we worked together was was Prescott last year, and you had the you had a zebra. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen you with mules. Uh, this was funny. We were just talking about this at break. Uh, <laughs> Marv Witt used to be the, the head of the rodeo at Denver. Wanted you to have mules for some reason. Mm -hmm. Marv wanted mules. At, and, of course, John ain't going to shy away from nothing, obviously. We've, we've, we've established that point now. So you bring these mules in. <laughs> I remember you had to have Chase and Gary were picking up, and you had to wave them in. Boys, you're going to have to help me. Because we went around. That was about a 12-minute act, what usually takes four. Well, you know what, though? I, 
that's it's still cool to watch. But but people when they got he got him up there and people still cheered. You know what I'm saying? It never not sells, even if it's bad. But I know it's been bad sometimes. I mean, I I've been knock on wood have have not. That's the worst if I've seen. I know. I mean, how many times have you come off the top of that trailer? Twelve times. Wow. And one time, but you and your mule at North Platte went right. underneath the. That that yeah, that, that was bad. A, yeah, yeah. He knocked me out there, and uh, you know them guys ain't never invited me back yet. I think I just a little wild for them. <laughs> uh, you know, well. sometimes, you know, they want a Wild West show until the Wild West guy come to town. Yeah. And. Uh, Hell, I make things exciting, and uh, you know my show is 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 uh, difficult and dangerous. Yeah, I've been hooked off top of that trader by a buffalo twice. Now that's a long drop because it ain't straight down. You go up and then you come down. But uh, I should have been killed many times. Uh, I've only been killed once, and uh, I have had twenty six broken bones, and. Uh, there's many times I've do the show with a broken ankle, a broken ribs. Four times I broke my ribs. Of course, being a bullfighter and different things like that and bronc riders, you know, we all do that. Yeah. Got to make a living. It's really tough when I break my wrist. It, I feel a little handicapped at that time. Yeah. But I make yeah, it. Yeah, because cracking the whip and you only have one wrist, so that's important. Takes and, a little uh, more whiskey when you do that. Right. Or a margarita. I have seen you attack a margarita machine. Pretty hard. Do you remember in South Texas at La Paloma Ranch, Mr. Pierce? Oh, you That betcha. party with Mike Servey oh, and oh, them? Yeah. That's when I first met you. No shit, no, John. What? It would have been years ago at Denver or somewhere like that. that okay, well, that's a long time ago. Yeah, it was still it? a long time ago, but... Uh, oh, I first met you again. Yeah, there you go. Uh -huh. But Mr. Pierce had... And Mike, they'd, have, we'd, they'd buck out cold, so there was a big party. A lot of the Houston people would come up, board members and stuff, but uh, in the indoor arena where we had it, it was too deep. You know, because they use it to train them horses, so it was really deep, and the yeah. truck couldn't get through it. So we had the that big. Remember, we came in with the big tractor with us <laughs> when when it was, you know. And of course, I'm having to announce because it's anyway. It is what it is. It played music say too. Bad to the bone, and I mean, instead of hearing this, it was a big John Deere tractor pulling it. It's, it didn't have the quite the theatrical that we that we'd really like to have, but. Uh, but yeah, we attacked. We they put a margarita machine right there at the announcer stand. We we had us a time. Well, this, uh, <laughs> that's pretty badass. But after all these years, the I mean, is it? Do you still enjoy it like you used to? Uh, I don't exactly prefer to drive my butt off like three three days to California. But after I get there or in the area, oh, yeah. it's a blast. And um, you know. Right here, I went to school right here in Scheidler. My, my dad went to school there. I went to school there. My kids went to school there. Now my grandkids are going to school there. And I remember getting my butt whipped right over in that school for entertaining the class. Mm -hmm. And now I get paid for it. Yeah. Isn't it crazy? It's kind of confusing. Think so. I, I think that can go to say for us, too. I mean, you get in trouble for the stuff that, that they want us to do now. One of the biggest mistakes a teacher made me or made her for herself, she said, John Payne, if you want to entertain the class, just get up here on my desk and entertain the class. So what'd you do? Oh, she never they made that. Did she, you run Buffalo up on she, top of the desk then? She brought in some cur dogs and put John up on top. <laughs> she never made that mistake again. Oh. Okay, you can get down now, Mr. Payne. Yeah. And uh, just getting to drive around Shiler today with John, he's 
not only does he do the rodeo thing, you're on the town council here mm-hmm. in Scheidler yeah. and t- uh, help tear down some buildings and does a lot for the community. For, for nothing. Dim dirt to the school and, and uh, tearing down people's buildings and letting them burn out on his place. Just a real community man here in Scheidler, and uh, it's pretty cool to be able to do that. If I have the ability to help somebody, I will. And uh, I go out of my way to help somebody. And, uh, heck, I don't want no money for it. I might need some help one of these days myself. And uh, Rodeo lets me help the people around here uh, make quite a bit of money rodeoing. Of course, this year I ain't. But Nobody is. So are you, you're up uh, more than 300 to perf by now. <laughs> yes. well, what makes you think that? <laughs> hey, uh, uh, speaking of... Um, and we're looking around here at pictures, too. Tell us about... You went to Oman? I did. Uh, went over in 2011, did a show for the king of Oman, and he died January the 10th this year. Oh. We was planning another trip in December. You had to leave your truck and trailer over there, didn't yeah, you? Yeah. T- well, I didn't logistics- have to. It just cost so damn much to bring it home. Yeah. I left 18 head of animals over there, too. But... I brought a suitcase full of money back. There you go. I'm, I like that. <laughs> Mucho dinero. <laughs> Somebody says, what's the most you ever been paid for a show? I said, well, that's kind of personal, ain't it? Yeah. They said, well, I'm just curious. I said, a million dollars. And they just laugh and walk off. But the king did pay me a million. And, um, of course, I spent 600000 putting the show on. Mm. And this time I went, was going to go back, I was going to say, I want a million dollars and you pay for everything. Yeah. But we was going to have about 10 different acts from Shire, or not Shire, from the United States uh, come with me. It was going to be a Wild West show with nothing but United States uh, acts. And I was going to be the, the guy that uh, orchestrated it all and had talked to many people. But when the king dies. It, yeah, the kind of. You kind of flatten out. The buck start, stops with him, right? You bet. And uh, last time we was over, I know Rumford's been over yeah. there. Yeah. New Year's Eve party for the Sultan of Oman. Yeah. I call him the king because nobody knows what a sultan is. King. King. Yeah. Everybody knows what the king is. Yeah. What's his name? Uh, his Majesty Sultan Quabus bin Said. That's exactly it, but I've never been able to say it. <laughs> There's a picture of him. Here in uh, Mandy's Cafe, where Which we are at in Scheidler, Oklahoma. Good, good burger, by the way. And oh. shout out the best cheeseburger that in was the really world good. right here in Scheidler, And Oklahoma. don't forget, on Saturday night, we cook steaks on a pecan fire. The meat's never been frozen. We cut it up fresh right off the loin as you order it. Salt and pepper over an open blaze. The best in the world. Nice. I guarantee it. I've had it several times. Uh, if you're in Scheidler, Saturday nights, Mandy's I got to tell one more funny John story. So John and I, we got asked to uh, do career day in Ponca City when they were had it at the rodeo grounds. Not during the rodeo. They just had kind of a, a day with different careers. And and so these kids, there was the all the Ponca City grade schools. And uh, so these kids are talking, and I mean, you know, would not shut up. And the teachers are trying to get them to – Quiet down. Well, John was the first speaker, and he come right in on that mule. He cracked that bullwhip, <laughs> and not one child spoke again until John was done. Okay, wasn't there one kid that was talking though, and 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 he cracked that whip over his head, and that kid just shut oh, that up or something. Yeah, he wrote down and cracked, and he goes, "Okay, and now I got y'all's attention." And these kids were like, sat there like good behaved. So when it's time for the old rodeo clown, 
they started talking and I didn't have a bullwhip or anything cool. But for career day, John brought his truck and longhorns and stuck them on the trailer. And he went first, and I had to go second. That, that's like following Elvis or Sinatra. I, you can't do that. So I brought my barrel in. I'm like, so I, I get in this clown barrel. Um, Everybody I, gets up and goes to the bathroom. I, t- <laughs> I, I wear, yeah, and you couldn't really get in your oh, it's terrible. Spider-Man suit. Oh, I was in my face paint, and they're like, you're going to follow John Payne. I'm like, oh, can I go first? They're like, no, we want to get him in and out. You know, he's got he's coming over from Shiloh and bringing his animals and probably getting ready to rain. So there's my fat ass in the arena, <laughs> rolling my barrel around with a teacher in it. Oh man, no bull whips. Pretty exciting. So. Well, I tell you what, um, John, thank you, and for the tour earlier. Well, and we've got some video footage. We'll try and uh, put on the IG. What yeah, a great day! And and uh, it's this has been a, a very special treat for this time, and mm-hmm. uh, the you know with everybody down. Hopefully, hopefully we give you a little a uh, little break from the depression and 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 entertainment. But we we can't thank you enough, buddy. Depression, depression, like. People are depressed because it sucks. Nobody can do nothing. I ain't never been depressed a day in my life. That, you know, don't that's plan true. That's true. He's always smiling. You know, he may not always make a production meeting, but you're going to know what happens. Yeah. Oh, hell, them production <laughs> meetings. He, those hates, are, he hates production uh, meetings, don't you? <laughs> those are for people that don't know what the hell they're doing. I know what the hell I'm doing. But uh, living legend, uh, a yeah. personal hero, one of the baddest dudes um, in rodeo, and a guy I'm glad to call a friend, my neighbor, Thank you, Par. Don't be only. Thank you, Bandit. We appreciate it, bud. There's only one. Thanks to uh, Gold Buckle Beer, Boyd Gaming. And uh, we'll catch you next time. It's Rump Chat. Mandy's Cafe. Mandy's Cafe. Appreciate it. Later, y'all. This is where the crowd would stand up. Standing ovations. Love it. And if they don't stand up, I've got a pistol. Do it. You play the guitar on it.